Welcome to the Woot and Why NFL podcast, proudly brought to you by William Hill, where you'll find faster, easier betting on the NFL. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Woot and Why Show. It's episode 150, even though we've done a lot more than 150, it's 150 of our, just our standard format. And I am Josh Y, and I'm joined always by my co-host, or not always, but sometimes he's he's missing and out and about, but Josh Woot, how are you going, buddy? I'm good. Yeah, for 150, we're going to do a regular episode. Yeah, nothing nothing spectacular. I think we'll do something for 200, maybe. I don't know. If we make it, you got you guys got to keep listening, got to keep subscribing and sharing and retweeting. Otherwise, we're just gonna fall flat on our face. You know those, uh, you know those memes where it's like, you know, the likes get shipped over to Africa or like, you know, disaster areas because the likes save people. You know, yeah, that's kind of true for us. Legitimate one. <laughs> <laughs> all those likes get delivered to our doorstep, so just keep uh, <laughs> keep sharing and hitting retweet and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, um, how's your weekend been? Yeah, you, know, you had a uh, you had a Sort of for, semi-formal, yeah, a fancy ball. Fancy ball, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was all right. Law ball. It was okay. When I, um, I, I've, your girlfriend is studying law at the University of Wollongong. I also studied law at the University of Wollongong. When I first started there and they said law ball, like, I actually thought they were talking about a sport. Like, it was like some sort of, like, like. Everyone that does law does has a day where they play some sort of made up sport, and then I didn't realize until later that it was actually just a actually a fancy ball. Like I was the only one. I'm actually, I actually I already I already know how law ball would be played. It just came to me. Okay. <laughs> just... It would essentially be everyone dressing up as judges, and they would have fake wigs on like that, and then you know their you know the little mallet, the yeah. little uh, oh they yeah, would, they would play polo. Okay. No, maybe croquet. I don't. I don't know if I could no, get on a horse. Polo, polo. What about European handball with the judges? Um, you know, hammers, things, whatever they're called. I, I, I actually passed law. I actually passed law. <laughs> Surprisingly, um, but yeah, I, those law balls are always a little bit, you know, a bit tacky. <laughs> sorry, sorry, UAW. Sorry, yeah. alumni. But you know, uh, I went to one on a cruise, and a good friend and listener, Ian Murray. Uh, rode himself off, went missing. The boat was tidy. Somehow went missing for three hours. Nice. Hey, yeah. we've had instances like that. Yeah. Anyway. Our, our mate Sean, Mr. Shadow Boxer, uh, in the shower. Sean, Sean. Sean. Sean's featuring heavily lately. Yeah, he's... Uh, he, he's he would... Uh, his parents would be proud. Uh, let's get to some NFL news. <laughs> Speaking of Sean, we did go to Las Vegas with our buddy Sean and your cousin Weeksy, who also has been mentioned on this show. But Las Vegas has been in the news for other reasons, not because five Australian people visited them. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, uh, maybe, possibly. Uh, Las Vegas Stadium plan gains approval from Nevada legislator. The Nevada legislator has signed off on a plan that would use $750 million in public money to build an NFL stadium in Las Vegas. And it was... Uh, 
opposed by a few people in, in Vegas, but eventually they, they sided with, with the proposal. And here's what Mark Davis had to say. He said, I'd like to thank Governor Sandoval, the Southern Nevada Tourist Infrastructure Committee, and the members of the Nevada Legislature on this historic day. All parties have worked extremely hard to develop and approve this tremendous stadium project that will serve as a proud new home for the entire Raider Nation. So sounds to me like... All yeah, it doesn't sound like you paid a dollar to anybody. Oh well, it sounds to me like the Las Vegas, Los, uh, sorry, the Oakland Raiders will be the Las Vegas Raiders. That's what it sounds like to me. Hey, I, I I'm behind it now. I like I, I like it. Yeah, and it's it was got a ring to it, and it had a huge. The vote was twenty eight to thirteen and sixteen uh, for the yeah, and the, and sorry, the assembly voted twenty eight to thirteen, and the Senate voted sixteen to fifteen. So very high backing. And it's going to be a sixty-five thousand seat dome in in Las Vegas. So for me, I'm I'm more excited about the gambling aspects of this because it's going to change the whole fabrication of gambling in the NFL. Because if you have a team in Las Vegas where it's legal to gamble, it's going to change the whole thing. It's going to make that industry just be like a whole different thing. So that's going to like it's going to be huge for the game. But it's it's awesome that it, I, I like Las Vegas as a place for an NFL team. I worry about the players getting a little bit distracted, but. But we'll wait and see how that all pans out. But I don't know. Las Vegas Raiders has a pretty good ring to it. That's uh, that's the sketchiest part of the whole thing. Just the players and and visiting know. players too. It's more the visiting players. I think eventually the NFL players would get sick and tired of it. Like it's just part of your life eventually. But it's more the visiting teams and the night before games going out and just just having big like especially the wide receivers, the divas in them. You know they they would love a party. Uh, beforehand, but it would be uh, it would be interesting. It'd be good for tourism, like throwing a trip to Vegas, an NFL game. I can see why the the tourism industry was on the side of the of the proposal. The Las Vegas Raiders doesn't sound as good as just like Vegas Raiders or something like that. I don't know. It doesn't. I don't know. We'll get used to. I it. I think we'll they'll it, like yeah, and, but... and they'll keep the Raiders too, even though I think they should have like a like a gambling aspect name or something, but. The Raiders is such a historic brand and logo and icon, and there's so many passionate fans. If they change that, that would just be just. You know, it would be. Yeah, you know what would be the most iconic thing there if we actually saw tumbleweed on the field or something after, like that after our trip. <laughs> after our trip, yeah. yeah. No, like like uh, if there was a bad game or there was a you know empty stadium and there was actually tumbleweed, that would be hilarious, especially in a dome. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're at home. Yes. However, the um, the dome is necessary. The yes. dome would yeah. yes, a thousand percent necessary for anyone that's been there. They yeah. understand why it's necessary. Yeah. It's the coldest of cold places in winter, and the hottest of hot places. Yeah, in it's um, yeah, the the temperatures. It's pretty much like Australia, really. Um, it's it's just extremes, and it's it's crazy windy there too. So I think you need the dome. Uh, moving on, the Jets placed wide receiver Eric Decker on injured injured reserve with a torn rotator cuff. He said it'll take him six to eight months to fully recover. He said it's obviously not a fun time, but it's something that needs to be done. He said it felt like someone was stabbing him. That was the pain that he was getting. It was so severe. It felt like someone was stabbing him. But that's it's sad to see Decker go because he's one of the most consistent and reliable wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah, no, it's devastating. and He's one of the most overlooked yep. wide receivers in the NFL as well. Because uh, he's white. No, it's a shame. It's a shame that you know, life goes on. Yeah, and now your boy Quincy Anunua needs to step up and be be the man. I feel like he wouldn't be he's not as effective as a number 2 wide receiver as a a really good wide receiver 3 where they can use him all over the field. Yeah, it's similar to Devante Adams when 
when mm, uh, I like that. he was he was very effective as a third wide receiver, except when he went in to fill the shoes when Jordy Nelson went down last year, he just wasn't nearly as effective, which is such a bizarre thing when you think about it. They're getting more, they're likely to get more targets, be featured heavily, like more heavily, and then mm. nothing. Yeah. So, you, you expect more volume, but the efficiency obviously was was huge with Devante. I have higher hopes for Quincy than I than I did Devante, so we'll wait and see uh, how that pans out. Quincy and Nunwa are just low key one of the best names in the NFL, really. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Very good. Some more positive news rather than negative. Chiefs outside linebacker Justin Houston has been cleared for football activities. He's eligible to return to practice and games as early as next week. He's probably not going to be ready for week seven, but maybe week eight, of course, they're playing the Colts, so that makes a lot of sense that he'd be back to just destroy Andrew Luck. Uh, but, you know, there were some murmurs around that Houston may not play the, at, at all this season, so it's because the range of outcomes with this injury was so so varied in the reports, on depending on who you are. So it's good that he is uh, he is now cleared for practice and looking like he's going to be back because that division is, is wide open, and we'll get to Thursday Night Football in a minute. But uh, D Ford just hasn't been very efficient as a as a pass rusher compared to Justin Houston, obviously. No, and total game changer, Houston. So yeah, no, I can't wait. That's that's a good thing. That's a that's a very good thing. It's bit like it's, you mentioned back to the good news, but it's, there's not much good news going around at the moment. It seems to be a lot of negativity. So it's good. Yeah, it's it good. is. There's, you know, ratings are down. Players are getting injured. You know, you've got debates over the kneeling, so it's it's good to have some positives in there, and the, and the Vegas thing's a little bit fun and positive as well. So uh, it's good to get some something exciting to talk about because uh, it seems to be a bit of doom and gloom the last couple of weeks. So this one's a bit fun too. This little piece of news I, I found hilarious: the Giants have lost three straight. Well, that's not quite funny. Well, maybe it is for you, Mister Philadelphia, but they're yeah, currently <laughs> they're currently last in the NFC East. And rookie head coach Ben McAdoo took an unorthodox approach to getting his players focused and motivated on the game. McAdoo showed players the scene from Step Brothers, where Will Ferrell's character Brennan and and uh, John C. Riley's character Dale from Step Brothers had to choose between taking a route home that will take them by a schoolyard bullies or they could take a longer approach but it was a safer way. If I was to ask you what that message is trying to explain, what would you say? If it's anything to do with the actual movie, they then go on to lick white dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, interesting. Interesting. All right. Well, he said the message was intended to be that the Ravens are going to are going to come into MetLife Stadium this week and try to bully the Giants, and New York can't back down. For me, when I heard that, I thought it was more about taking shortcuts. I thought, like, I don't, I, I don't understand the message, but it's it's really unclear on how it relates to the scene from the film because since Brennan and Dale end up actually licking dog. Crap, and the bullies are adolescent children. So is he implying that the Ravens are adolescent children? Yeah, I don't know. No, I like the I like the shortcut part. Maybe that is. There's no shortcuts to the thing. Approach, but then again, but, yeah, I, don't know. I know. So, <laughs> what's the other one? You do it. The, you go the long way to avoid the tough teams or something. I don't. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I don't understand. I do like him trying to bring Step Brothers into into. Saying a message. More stepbrothers should be in everyone's life. Yeah, I think so. It's low key, great movie. Actually, it's not even low key. It's just a great movie. Is it Will Ferrell's best movie? No, no, no. No? Anchorman, Farm. Not yeah, but Anchorman two kind of dampens it. You know what I'm saying? Anchorman one is still amazing. Yeah, 
It's, yeah, I don't know. There's so many good movies. Yeah. St- Step Brothers comes up, though. When you type in Will Ferrell, IMDb, it comes up known for Step Brothers. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> no, what about, Bla- like, Blades of Glory was terrific and things like that. So, anyway. Yeah, Blades of anyway. Glory. There's a good low-key message you could use in uh, in your uh, speech. <laughs> you know, two men figure skating together. Yeah, try and relate that. Try and <laughs> try and get relate that back to football, Ben McAdoo, please. Uh, who, by the way, Ben McAdoo looks like a like an extra from Eastbound and Down, correct? Oh. <laughs> yeah, kind Def- of. definitely. definitely. Could, I reckon he could feature in some a lot of say seventies, eighties television shows. Anyway, slash go. adult movies. <laughs> slash yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <sighs> alright <laughs> moving on Thursday night football recap Denver 13 San Diego 21 San Diego finally get the monkey off their back and close out a game but geez, they tried their best not to Mike McCoy iced an onside kicker they better chickity check themselves before they wreck themselves well guys. they said <laughs> we I've never did seen talk anything about... like it yeah, but we did talk about, you know, there are no other ways to win. Yes. I mean, to lose, lose. sorry. And, uh, you know, McCoy went, well, we haven't done it this way. Yeah. And then tried, but Rivers overcame him. That's what I, yeah. that's, like, no he, one could beat Rivers this Here week. we go, folks. I will give you a new way. I will ice an onside kick. The first attempt was terrible. So they're like, all right, well, instead of going high, we'll go low. And it actually panned out. And they were lucky that Trevor Simeon, Cannot throw a ball longer than 40 yards. His Hail Mary attempt was terrible. How can you be an NFL quarterback and not throw the ball longer than 45 yards? It doesn't. I, I, I know. Baffling. I don't know. I don't know. But however, I don't know. Maybe like the real Broncos are showing now. I don't know. Yeah. Something. No, I, I, I think you're right. I feel like defenses have figured out Trevor Simeon. Um, I think they know that he cannot throw the ball deep. And... He only had nine attempts. He threw the ball 53 times. Only nine attempts of them were 10 yards plus down the field. So, And he only completed one of those. So his efficiency in deep passing is terrible, and he just doesn't like to throw the ball deep. And they were down a lot. You think you would try a few more deep passes, and he just couldn't do that at all. And I think that was probably Simeon's worst ever performance. I don't think Paxton Lynch... Like, Paxton Lynch was bad last week, but I don't think he was that bad. I'm, I'm concerned about... I feel like they're... This is very similar to what we saw last year where the corpse of Peyton Manning was, was struggling. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know yet. And the um, o- O-line is still a huge concern for them. He, he was under pressure a lot in that game. No, it, it is, but this is, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. I'm not sure if morale's down or what it is or, you know, just, just it, it is week six. It could be catching up with them at the moment. They could yeah. be, you no, know, they're still for the buyers too. of it. Yeah. I know. And, so, and Gary Kubiak was on the couch for this game. He wasn't in the game, and I feel like he's a you know he's we're at a point now where actually Gary Kubiak is is a key, is an asset. Where for a while there, like not in his Denver days, but where he was previously a head coach, he wasn't perceived as a very very good head coach. So we're at a point now where Kubiak's got enough respect that you you actually want him on your sideline and, and need him on your sideline to help your your quarterback and your offense win a football game. Yep. And uh, your boy Joey Bosa, you've been you've been uh, the last few weeks. You've been saying that you know if they get him on the field, something to look forward to. He already le- he already leads rookie defensive lineman with fourteen total pressures, despite missing the first month. So he leads all rookies in, in total pressures. He had five hurries and a hit in this game, despite hurting his hand on the second play. He came back in, 
he was an absolute monster for them. Huge, huge difference maker already. Yep. And I'm not, like not taking nothing away from Bosa. Is this how good Bosa is, or is it how you know poor the rest of the pass rushers are for this year's uh, rookie class? Uh, I actually think I think it's Bosa. Is Bosa's good? He he's graded out well for PFF. They're touting his praises, and they're, they're pretty much calling him the, the cherry on top of an incredible rookie class for them because Hunter Henry's playing really, really well. He's outplaying Antonio Gates right now, um, and Jatavis Brown uh, is playing really, really well as as well as a the linebacker. They've got a really good duo there in Denzel Perryman and Jatavis Brown. There's your, there's your duo for the next decade. Yeah, no, they've we've mentioned this. We've mentioned if, you know, on offense and all these key players are gone, that their biggest hope is for the rest of the pieces to gel. And it's finally happening. They're, they're a good team. I, I, I don't hopefully think they're... next season. Hopefully next season because I, I don't think they're out. I don't think they're out. I don't think they're out of this. I, I honestly don't. <laughs> yeah. Like if they can keep winning division games, like they're a chance. Oh god, I don't know. This I don't div- know. Like, It'll be a miraculous turnaround. This division is tough. Like all four teams are really good teams. So if these teams start like cannibalizing each other, like if Oakland, like if Kansas City beats Oakland and then Oakland beats Kansas City down the line and then Kansas City beats Denver, like they go one for one and then Chargers win all the rest of their division games. I don't know. They're, they're a chance. That's It's going to be a tough ask. But man, Phillip Rivers just go, he doesn't care. He just goes into any field. It doesn't bother him at all. Like he would, he'll go into New England tomorrow, even after two days rest and, and play the exact same way, man. He, it was so gutsy. Yeah, and he didn't look like he struggled against Denver's defense at all, which was yeah. just cool. He was a bit quiet in the second half, but I think a lot of that was Mike McCoy trying to close out the game ineffectively with bad play calling and not putting the ball in Phil Rivers' hands enough. I feel like it's weird. He's your best player. He's he's probably the Chargers' greatest ever player, and you're not giving him the ball enough in the second half to, to close out that match when he was the guy that put you in this, in this lead to begin with, with that opening drive and... And spectacular first half performance, and then he backed it up after the game as well. He on the uh, on the set, he was just so energetic. I love the man. <laughs> I'm buying a jersey. So I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna let's call weeks. You maybe can do a mass order. You want one? Yeah, so why not? Those color rush jerseys of it were really good. The Chargers, the blue ones, yeah, looked great. What did you think of the Denver's uh, helmet? Yeah, not bad. I, to be honest, I'm all about changing the jerseys and stuff. Like I, I like it. I mean, the color rush, the whole color rush thing not the biggest fan of especially when you like you know a team's color rush is like all black or all white that mm. just doesn't do anything for me but some of the some of these jerseys are cool like i i like them they should be able to i think there should be more more of it i mean when when you you know see some of the um like just instead of like philly or something playing with the white bottoms just playing all green and things like that just cool things like that yep it had, it, doesn't really make much of a difference to anything, so why can't they do it? Yeah, exactly. I I, I like the Colts in all blue. Hmm, me too. All right. Well, that's uh, any more takeaways on that game? It was uh, it's just good to see D- San Diego back in the winner's circle. And look, Denver it's still four and two, and the defense. And is... Pardon. Another um, another Thursday night football victory tipping for us. Yep, exactly. And defense. The defense is. You know, Broncos' defense is still fine, like, and it'll keep them in all these games. We already knew that. It didn't change our opinion, even though they've lost two in a, two in a row. It's just been their offense that's lacking. Um, despite all these bodies being, you know, being gone from from the offseason, players leaving, Wade Phillips still has them rolling on all cylinders, especially in the fourth quarter. That pass rush is, is relentless. I think they go on another level in the fourth quarter. Right. Yep. Are, right. You, are you ready to go? Yeah, let's do our lines. This week's NFL lines are brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting.
I probably should have said week six lines before I said let's do our lines. We're not brought to you by Kate Moss. Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on. All right, so San Francisco plus nine, traveling across the country to take on the uh, Buffalo Bills minus nine on a three-game win streak. Rex Ryan. Yeah, I try to combine. Keep uh, your heart I, I think, and, and that was Fully pregnant I, now. I think we got to be all in. You know, it's kind of like being half pregnant. Is, you know, forget that. We're all in. He's overdue. So, we're fully pregnant now. <laughs> he is overdue. It's The line is huge. Nine points for Buffalo is really tough. I, I Before I looked at the lines, I was like, I really might put Buffalo as my, my lock this week. And then I saw the line. I was expecting that to be under a touchdown. I'm a little bit worried about San Francisco keeping it close because Colin Kaepernick's in there, I'm not the biggest fan of Kaepernick, but I feel like he's matured as a man over this last few months with all this stuff going on, and I just think maybe he's just a lot more, uh, what can I say, uh, calmer now. I think, like, just has a his head, I don't just, I think he'd be more relaxed. We'll see, we'll see. A bit more relaxed in the pocket now because he's he's more mature as a person, and, and I don't know. I've, I feel like they could keep things late. I, I think Buffalo will win the game, and I'm, I think LaShawn McCoy is going to have a huge game. That's essentially where I see it going. I just see the the the, the Buffalo Bills just running this game into the ground. Yeah, they're going to run it straight down their throat. And we every week we're just banking on the running back for the uh, whoever's up against the Forty ers to have a big game and. You know, when you have a running back like LaShawn McCoy, you should do plenty of damage. Yep, and they've just given up so much on the ground already. Even with Navarro Bowman in the fi- on the field, they were giving up a lot of yards on the ground. But since he's been gone, you know, David Johnson lit them up. Christian Michael lit them up. It, it's just... It's just tough. I think McCoy, will be, they'll be able to control the clock. And I've got to give a shout-out to Kyle Williams on their defense. He's playing lights out. I know Zach Brown and, and all those linebackers are getting a lot of love right now. The rejects at Rex Ryan, he seems to be killing it with. But that's on the back of Kyle Williams making some plays up front. But uh, we're both taking Buffalo minus nine. Yeah. All right, moving on. Your Philadelphia Eagles on the road, minus three to $1.91. Washington plus three at $1.91. Your initial thoughts on this game? Originally, I thought it was going to be a pick'em. I thought they were going to make it a pick'em, but the uh, the money has been pour- not pouring in, but it's been flowing in the way of the Eagles, which it probably should. I like it. I like I like the position for Philly. I think I think you know coming off a loss, it's going to be you know a reality check. This will really this will really show whether or not they have the uh, mental makeup to continue with, and have a good season. But I don't know, like three, it could. It could well be more than that. Washington don't really have, haven't performed well enough to, mm. you know, show anything that consistent and, you know, that worrisome. So, I don't know. Philadelphia are a well-rounded team. So yeah. they, they, and they should have won last week. They're a much better team than the Washington Redskins. They're, they're a much better team. I haven't seen anything from Washington yet to really get me fired up and, and, and taking them even at home. Um, I, I'm surprised that they're actually – the line is only three. Uh, I think they could keep it close for a little bit. But for me, for what I want to watch is to see who's a bigger loss for their team. Jordan Reed's out, um, and that's scary with his concussions. And I needed to mention that. I was going to bring it up in the news, but I thought we'd talk about it in this game. And if if he gets a few more, if this is a, a really serious concussion, this could be a long-term sideline for him and possibly his career, uh, which is sad because he, he is probably the integral part of their offense. And then on the other side of the ball, Lane Johnson's suspension means that you've got some, some question marks. Big V. Yeah, you've got some <laughs> you got some question marks on your offensive line. So I want to see who's who's 
you know, more crucial to their team's offense when you take them out because Lane Johnson's stellar and the Redskins' run defense is abysmal. They're ranked 30th in the NFL. So Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproul should have should have a big game. But I, I like Philly here, minus three in this one. Uh, I think they'll... I think they'll win. And, and Carson Wentz, even though they lost last week, I thought that was his best game, to be honest. And there's a fun stat here. He's uh, only .1. So Dan Marino had 103.6 passer rating as a rookie through his first four games. Carson Wentz, 103.5. Nice. Up there with Marino. It's pretty good company, man. <laughs> That's pretty good company. Uh, moving on, Cleveland plus seven at a dollar ninety-one, traveling on the road to Tennessee minus seven at a dollar ninety-one. Poor Cleveland have yet to win a game, and Tennessee uh, looked pretty good against uh, Miami last week, albeit it was Miami who are terrible. And if it went for Cody Parkey, then Miami would probably be winless. Yeah, and the line being of seven just I don't know, just throws it out a little bit for me. It's just, just I don't like it. I'm going to go Tennessee. I'm going Tennessee because they're going to win the division. (laughs) (laughs) I I think... I think the line's perfect. I think Tennessee will win probably by a touchdown. So it is about right. I think Vegas has, has nailed it there. Uh, Cody Kessler isn't 100%. And we've got to mention as well that Joel Batonio put on IR, probably the Browns' best, second best offensive lineman behind Joe Thomas, who is playing, but who's also offensive. offensive, sorry, who is injured. So they've got a lot of injuries on that offensive line. And that's sad because the Browns' quarterbacks have been getting pummeled all year, and now they've lost key offensive lineman and Joe Thomas is not playing healthy and Cameron Irving's back who's just been an absolute liability for them it's tough I can see Tennessee getting a lot of pass rush whose defense is actually pretty good they're they're better than what people think I think they're ranked like 10th in DVOA in football outsiders on defense so I think they can win this game and I think and the Browns rushing defense is terrible so uh DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry that smash mouth this is the perfect game for the exotic smash mouth <laughs> Perfect what makes it exotic? Um, I don't know. A whole other episode to <clears throat> a whole other episode to discuss that. <laughs> the one-hour special. What makes the exotic Smash Mouth exotic? We should do a debate. We'll have like a team of panels for and against the exotic. Why not? We could we could do something with that. Uh, we're both taking Tennessee by the seven, correct? Yep. Wow. I'm a bit worried here. We're all taking the favorites. Something's got to give soon. Uh, all right. Baltimore plus three and a half, $1.87 on the road. New York Giants minus three at $1.87. Interesting game. Uh, teams coming off you know, losses, and they started the season so well, and now they're both sort of at a tipping point here where this, this is a crucial game for both teams, really. Yeah, but Baltimore a fake, and I hope they're punished for getting rid of Tressman. Just <laughs> that was a that was a rash firing in my opinion. <laughs> and the New York Giants are not as bad as their uh, record suggests. And plus, which, like we just mentioned, they're going to be fired up after seeing a clip from Step Brothers. <laughs> as if, how can't you be after seeing bullies force them to lick white? I, I get I get the message now. Crap. If you lose this game, Giants, you're licking white. You're licking white dog crap, and yeah, there you go. That's the message right there. So <laughs> no, but I, I don't know. It's just there's not enough for me from Baltimore. They've been winning, but it's been gross. <laughs> it's just been. It's not filling me with any hope. If I if I was a Baltimore fan, you'd be happy with their record, but you'd still be. I'm um, concerned with the way they're playing. What about the the Giants, though? They haven't been that impressive either the last few weeks. It's just been like a bit... Josh, they watched a clip from Step Brothers. I'm not sure what you're <laughs> failing to hear. No, they're, um, 
No, but I I agree. They've got a like, but I'm still behind Eli. I'm back in Eli, and he'll he'll figure out a way. He'll mm. figure out a way to get going. They've got too many op- they've got too many offensive options for what Baltimore have uh, to offer defensively. It's just. There's not enough there. Yeah. All right. I'm going to take Baltimore with the points. Three and a half's a lot in a game that Mate, should be... Take that. You take it. And then when I'm riding on the wings... I hope you're right. I hope Odell Beckham goes off because he hasn't had over 100 yards in a game yet. So I'm I'm really Can't waiting for that. Curse. We need... <laughs> We need a drop for that. Yeah. <laughs> every bad game he has, which is every game so far, pretty we, much. We need a Kardashian be... curse drop. Yeah, uh, that's your that's your curse. that's your job for the week. Um, no, that's the listener's I want, job. Oh, I want Thanks, listeners. <laughs> I want you to get some exotic music and and put on a nice voiceover and and go with that. that. You want exotic music? Yep. What is exotic well, music? We'll give you a one hour special. That would uh, be that's Ben McAdoo's entrance music for sure. <laughs> anyway, all right, so we finally have one different here. I think Baltimore, their defense is legit. I like the safety pairing of, of Webb and, and Weddle. Um, that sounds like a really good pod, podcast, the Webb and Weddle show. Oh, gosh. <laughs> hey, we've already done the whole W alliteration thing. True. Yeah, we got, that, we got that down pat. That's our market. You stay out of it, Webb and Weddle. Stay out of it. <laughs> all right, moving on. Carolina, minus two and a half away. Cam Newton is back on the field, though. $1.91. Traveling to New Orleans, two and a half at a dollar ninety-one. This game should be a shootout based on the way they both their defenses have performing. And who would have thought we'd say that about the Carolina team? Yeah, but I think Cam Newton coming back is going to be. I, I, I agree, it's going to be a shootout, and I, I can't see the Carolina's defense turning over their fortunes overnight. But the return of Newton will give them a huge boost. I just I see everyone rallying around him. Mm. And it becoming like this, you know, this big thing, Newton's back. Yeah. Part of me is really scared about that because I'm picking New Orleans and part of me is scared that Cam Newton's just going to show up and just be like, this is why, this this is him saying, this is his statement game where he's saying, this is why I was the MVP. And he just balls out and just plays like unbelievably. But New, New Orleans is 7-1 and one against the spread in their last eight games following the bye. Sean Payton, Drew Brees, after a bye week at home, I can't, I can't take against them when they're getting three points against a Carolina team that's 1-4 one and, one and four right now and, and can't stop anything. So uh, it's only 2.5, so even better. I'll, uh, not really. Uh, it's probably worse. I'd rather 3.5, but anyway. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I'm taking New Orleans plus two and a half. I just forgot how to do math then. That was fantastic. I've been looking, <laughs> at, num- I've been, I've been looking at numbers all day. My day started off with get swooped by magpies while I was half asleep at 6.30. It's been one of those days, but I, I think this will be close. I feel like this is going to be a shootout. If you, if you want to bet, you bet the over, the 53 and a half. There should be a lot of points in this game. You'd hope so, but last time we thought about that, we thought it was going to go that way. It went nowhere near it with the Giants. So we'll just, mm. everyone just slow down, all right? Everyone yeah. just take a chill pill and go watch <laughs> the Tennessee-Cleveland game. This should be a riot. It should be an absolute riot. <laughs> all right, moving on. Jacksonville plus one and a half away at $1.91, taking on the Chicago Bears. Minus one and a half. We're also at $1.91. Brian Hoyer is playing... Uh, you know he's he's actually got the highest completion percentage in the NFL through the season as a quarterback right now. That's amazing. Uh, but he's, hey, he's playing quite well. It. He's playing quite well. All Hoyer, everything, still going strong. Three years after I made it. Uh, we've yeah. you, we've been to the dumps. We've been to the dumps. You know we've had the highs and the lows, but the Hoyer, everything brand has never been stronger. 
Wow. Yeah, no, it's still going. But this is a tough game to pick because you can you, you really don't know how either team will just come out and perform. They're both so hot and so cold. Well, not really. Has Jacksonville been hot yet? Not hot, but I mean they can put up points. So yeah. they like they can put up plenty of points, and you don't know if it's going to be one of those games where you know Jacksonville come out and put you know I'm high thirties, all... forty points on Chicago, or it's they're going to have a dart, and you can easily see that happening too. Mm, and I, I'm always wary of teams coming off the bye as well. Like I just I don't know how to really judge them and how well they are prepared and rested. Like it, it, it's a good time to get healthy where you've got banged up players and 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 things like that. So I'm always really wary about teams coming off. Off the bar. Yeah, I, li- I like it. I think, uh, actually, no, nah, I'm going Chicago. It's a really... It's a really tough game I'm to pick. I'm riding the Hoyer Express. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what to think about this game at all. I, I, I'm just trying to work out how each team's going to win, and I just look at Alan Robinson and Alan Hearns in this Bears secondary, and I think if Blake Bortles has had this this time to work on his mechanics and, and really turn his season around, because it's probably been the worst you know four weeks of his career really uh, so far, even though his career's been an absolute roller coaster. This is the, the longest he's sort of been down that bottom um, on that ladder, but if, if the Bears... Bears can really get Jordan Howard going as well. Like that's tough to stop. But he's he's five point eight five point eight yards per carry this season. He's been really impressive. I think he's like third favorite now for rookie offensive rookie of the year. Uh, fourth favorite, obviously behind the quarterbacks and Zeke. But he's he's been impressive. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting sucked into different storylines here. I think I'm just I'm gonna rest with Hoyer and that's it. That's where I'm going. All right. <laughs> Don't try to change my mind. Woot's uh, written Hoyer down on our document here. Uh, we do have a Google Doc with all our picks, and you just put Hoyer minus one and a half. That's it. I'm really scared about a traditional Brian Hoyer game coming, where he just throws. If you if if you've got shares in or Hoyer everything, this may be the time to sell a fire sale. Might you're, li- you're living in the past. There's no former Hoyer anymore. There's no classic Hoyer. This is the Hoyer. <laughs> this is we came to expect. This is Brian Hoyer. Stay golden. But just this is Hoyer. <laughs> And yeah. <laughs> All right, Los Angeles plus. Wait, by the way, yep. I know this. If he's ever a free agent again, which he probably will be, yep. he needs to have quarterback for Hoyer as his thing. <laughs> anyway, put, put an ad for in the newspaper, quarterback for Hoyer. Yeah, quarterback for Hoyer. I love it. Anyway. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. This this game's a tough one, too. A couple of tough games in a row here. Los Angeles plus three, traveling on the road to Detroit, minus three to $1.83. Los Angeles is a tough team to judge. They've been winning games and been competitive despite their offense being absolutely terrible. They're last in sort of yards per play, yards per game, first downs, all sorts of stuff. Case Keenum has not been good despite people thinking, you know, that he's won games. He's He's been terribly inefficient, so... Uh, how bad must Goff be that we still haven't seen him on the field? I know they're winning games, and their offensive line just cannot get anything going for Todd Gurley. If you follow Chris Wessling on, on Twitter, he's been tweeting about this with Todd Gurley, and I, I tweeted at him saying, why don't you do an article about players that are just trapped, you know, trapped in terrible offenses or in situations where they can't display their their talents, and he's actually doing that next week. So he took my advice. There you go. Yeah. Um, I am some sort of advisor to an NFL.com writer. Take that. That's right. Take that with a grain of salt. Brilliant. (laughs) But yeah, Gurley, I feel sorry for him because he's just not getting anything. But against this Detroit defense, they might be able to get something going with Todd Gurley. Yeah, possibly. I mean, Detroit, despite winning against Philadelphia, they they were giving up you know yardage to Philadelphia's offense, and I know Philly's offense is better than LA's. But you know, if it wasn't for um, penalties that you know bailed them bailed uh, uh, Philadelphia. 
bloody hell, Detroit's defense out of certain situations and pushed the Philadelphia's offense back, you know, the score could have been much higher. So L- LA, if they get the ground going, which is, you know, very possible with Gurley, um, you know, it, it, it could be LA's time again. It, it could be, how do we say it, Fisher-esque. It could be one of those games, if you like. Mm. It is interesting. It, it, it's a it's a favorable matchup for him that you know he's been getting seventy eight point nine percent of the Rams handoffs and he's averaging two point seven yards per rush and that that's not his fault at all. He he's just getting absolutely hammered behind the line, and you know Detroit are missing Haloti Nada and DeAndre Levy. So this is a, a really favorable matchup. And then you look on the other side of the ball. It's it's just how how uh, quickly Matt Stafford can release the ball because Aaron Donald's going to be in his face all game. He's an absolute game wrecker. He's probably been the best player in the NFL this season. So it's going to be tough. It it, it, just, it really comes down to that for me. If Matt Stafford can get into rhythm and get going, um, they have a real chance to win this game. They held up okay from what you saw last week against Fletcher Cox? Um, yeah, surprisingly. Surprisingly. Um, saying that, though, I don't know. Matt Stafford's a baby and complains every time he gets hit. So <laughs> might be a bit interesting against uh, the ferocious front of the Los Angeles Rams, so we'll see. But Detroit is not a friendly place to go, not at all, and it makes uh, play calling very difficult. So we'll see. Yeah, exactly. And and Stafford's been one of the probably the best ten quarterbacks. He's a top ten quarterback in the NFL right now. The way he's playing in this Jim Bob Cooter offense. So in games like this, where I'm not really sure, I, I tend to lead lean towards the best quarterback. Even though that kind of hasn't been true through the first couple of weeks of this season. This season's really been a testament to that. Um, you know, teams with strong defenses and and running games and things like that have been dominating games. But in in this matchup, I, I think I, I, I trust Detroit a lot more, and I trust Jim Caldwell more than Jeff Fisher. Oh boy. <laughs> you said that. You said that. Just I did. Then, I right? did. I did. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. What a coaching. What an inspirational coaching matchup. Jeff Fisher v. Jim Caldwell. Just I, okay. I can't believe how long we've spoken about Detroit now. <laughs> this is getting ridiculous. All right. Rolling. Pittsburgh. Rolling. Keep rolling. Pittsburgh minus seven. This is a better game. Pittsburgh minus seven a dollar ninety one at Miami plus seven and dollar ninety one. Miami have changed their end zone recently, and it says welcome Le'Veon and welcome Antonio Brown in it, just to be a little bit bit more welcoming and warming in sunny florida the the opening spread was eight and a half it's now moved to seven where are you leaning Woot? where are you leaning with the public wow with the public what's your what's your reasoning behind taking miami now don't quote me on this but i want to say it's two and 13 or three and 12 against uh, pittsburgh are against the line when favored by a touchdown or more away from home so that spells cool, good, yum, whatever for Miami. And Gase is, you know, trying to light a fire under his team by firing offensive linemen, probably his thinnest unit of his team. So whatever, but we'll see. We'll see. I I don't know. Pittsburgh will win, but I don't think they'll cover seven. All right. I I just can't. I agree with you. And Pittsburgh have a history of like just going against really bad teams and just laying up stink bombs on on the road. Um, and what are you it, saying? Philly or awesome? <laughs> I feel like, well, that's an example, but Philly were a much better team than we when we realized. But you, you didn't expect that sort of scoreline where they put up three points. You have to admit they're they're much better offense of than three points a game. And I think they score like 30-something points at home and only like 17 away. And they had some games last year where they lost to like the Chiefs. And they've had games before where they've, they've lost bad games on the road. But I just, I can't actually do it. And it wouldn't surprise me if they don't cover, but I'm just... I really have trouble with Miami's 28th ranked defense stopping 
this passing attack, and I can't see their 29 ranked offense doing anything against uh, the, the Steelers. Uh, the Steelers defense, and for me, you look at Roethlisberger with Le'Veon Bell. Um, he, you know, before Le'Veon Bell, he had a passer rating of 83.2. He had a completion percentage of 59.3 percent, and averaged 272. Uh, yards a game. Now, with Levy on back, he's got a completion percentage of 76, averages 340 a game, and a passer rating of 143. That's just unbelievable, like, conversion rates with Levy on Bell. He's just a massive asset to Big Ben on third downs and to this offense, and I just I have to take Pittsburgh here, but it wouldn't shock me at all. I understand why you and the public are leaning that way. All right, no. Moving and on. I'm like, I don't have any more reason as to why. Just, sometimes you just got to trust the hunch. Exactly. It's a gut feeling. Cincinnati plus 8.5 at $1.91. New England minus 8.5 at $1.91. This is a hunch game as well for me where this will be fine. Like I've had a hunch on Cincy all year and this is the time I finally jump off Cincy at 8.5 and I'll probably end up covering. But I'm taking New England minus 8.5 at $1.91. I just listened on the train to uh, the ringer Bill Simmons pod and, and Lombardi was on talking about this Patriots offense and you got to listen to it. Um, it he What he talks about about this Patriots offense is huge and, and why it revolves around Gronk and why Gronk's so important. Obviously, Brady is killing it. Like, his arm actually looks stronger than it ever has, which is unbelievable considering his age. But the way that Gronk just opens up the middle of the field and, and Lombardi explains it like he's a knight on a chessboard and you can move him outside and it means that these receivers can go down in the middle and these holes and it, it just opens up everything. And this two tight end set looks just near impossible to stop. Yeah, and I... And Cincinnati aren't a good team anymore. So Tyler Eifert uh, out too. It's, it's, a, it's a huge, it's a huge recipe for disaster for Cincinnati. And having Tom Brady's first game at home for the season, it's going to be smashing. Mm, exactly. Uh, I think they could keep it close for a little while, but the Patriots at home are just—it's so hard to pick against them at home, no matter what the spread is, really, because they're just—they're just unstoppable. And you're right, Tom Brady coming home, it's just going to be an overwhelming ovation. Uh, maybe Donald, maybe his buddy Donald Trump will be there. <laughs> maybe. Did you see that during maybe. the week? Yeah, what, calling out concussions? No, when Tom Brady... Oh, well, that that was just stupid. Maybe he was concussed, Donald Trump. But no, Brady was asked about Trump's statements about uh, grabbing um, and calling it locker room talk and thought asked him about it, and he just avoided the question and left the press conference. Of course you would. That's but, what you should do. <laughs> no, nah, LeBron called him out, said it was disgusting, and no locker room talks like that, and Trump's a grub, but Brady could have said, I don't like the language, but, you know, moving on, that's all I'll say about that, because, you know, he, he has a Trump hat in his locker room, but I don't know. I thought there's no real... It's a, it's a tough question from a journalist. I don't know if it's really fair, but there's no real... No, I you, mean... You can't win in that situation. No, exactly. That's why, like, okay, you can go out, you know, dispute, uh, not dispute, but, like, fire back at the reporter or whatever, but, yeah. I don't know, politics isn't what sports style should be no, exactly. questioned on and things, so. But, yeah, disgusting language like that, though, I think, you know, he could have just said something like, I don't I don't approve of that type of language, but, you know, oh, well, he uh, is just going to kill it on the field, and I feel sorry for Cincinnati a little bit, first game back for New England at home. There's not much else to say, except... I will want to see a little bit more from New England's defense in the red zone, but I think uh, without Tyler Eifert, they should have that wrapped up for Cincinnati, who have been horrible in the red zone without Tyler Eifert. Uh, Kansas City. Now, this game was weird. It opened up the other way around. Oakland were actually favored, and then Kansas City were were underdogs, and it's actually switched during the week. So if you got on early, you would have got Kansas City with points, which I think you might be happy with uh, when we 
go through this game. But Kansas City are now favorites, minus one at $1.87. Oakland plus one at $1.95. Oakland lead the division right now, uh, which is quite phenomenal. They're 4-1, and one and they're fun to watch, and they're entertaining, and J- Jack Black Del Rio is, is great and, and a whole heap of fun. But I feel like they're a very flawed 4-1 and one team, and I think Kansas City... Uh, are a better team, and I'm not a big Kansas City guy either. But I, but the record of Andy Reid, he's 15 and two coming off a bye. He him off a bye is you lock it in. That's the lock. I think this may be my lock of the week. Work. Yeah, no, I, I agree, I, and I'm completely on the Oakland bandwagon. I just want to keep seeing this super fun team win, but mm. Kansas City will win this. I don't know. One is ridiculous. When it, I can see why it's like that, but yeah. no. When it opened the other way around, I was really yeah, I was really excited and then i uh didn't get on in time i went back the next day and it had switched already it was uh it was pretty crazy but uh, i think uh oakland uh cincinnati a tremendous value after the after the buy i'm really excited to see jamal charles who has called himself 110 percent this week so we'll wait and see how how he actually looks and how they'll get 10 snaps or something <laughs> ridiculous and let everyone down yeah <laughs> that's probably <laughs> Probably what's going to happen, but yeah, it's uh, it's good to see how the interesting to see how they use him and Spencer Ware. Eventually, like it's going to switch, and and Charles is going to be the guy. But Spencer Ware is too good not to give snaps to. Yeah, no, I agree. But then the proven track record of uh, Jamal Charles is just impeccable. It really is. So I think with a with a fit Jamal Charles on the field, Kansas City are a completely different beast, and you know. Yep. There's plenty of highlight reels to go back and watch Charles and see, you know, what a weapon he is. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the Kansas City have had some time now after this bye to get healthy. They had a few guys with some niggling injuries, so um, I think uh, Kansas City minus one is a, is a good bet. A, a blockbuster game here. Atlanta, the number one ranked offense against the number one ranked defense, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, they're the number one ranked because they haven't played as many games as other teams, so that's the benefit there. But Atlanta plus six and a half at a dollar eighty-seven. Traveling, it's a tough road stretch. They've just come from uh, Denver. They're traveling to Seattle minus six and a half at a dollar ninety-five. This this is a game that should be should be a doozy. The issue is it's on the same time as Dallas and Green Bay, which is another game that I'm keen to watch. Yeah, I can't believe Atlanta's getting six and a half points. I find that amazing, mm. especially after you know. Their, their record, how many points they're putting up against teams like Denver. It's just amazing me. Mm. I feel like... I can't tell if... I, I feel like, yeah, Vegas is drawing you in to bet on Atlanta. <laughs> but it's, I don't know. Yeah. I think I'm liking Seattle. <laughs> So am I. I uh, yeah, you thought it might be a little bit lower, but I get it because we've just seen Denver go down to San Diego. So maybe Atlanta's win isn't as in, as impressive. Maybe Denver aren't as good as we all thought. And a lot of Atlanta's, like Vic Beasley looked like a stud because they played against the backup right tackle who was playing injured. So it made their defense look a lot better than it actually is. I still think they're a very flawed defense. And Seattle now, I've had some time. Russell Wilson, despite having that knee injury, just lit up the Jets before the bye and was just playing like like he didn't have knees, essentially. Like, it didn't really matter. Like, his legs could be anything and it wouldn't matter. He was still pirouetting around the field and making plays. So, um, in terms of DVOA, this is a dream battle. It's the number one ranked offense against the number one ranked defense in DVOA. So, this is this is a uh, football outsider's dream boat for all uh, you, you football outsiders fans out there. Um, it's a it's a statistical mouth watering matchup, but I like Seattle. I think they're too strong, and I think uh, Pete Carroll has a little bit of the edge because he knows how uh, Dan Quinn operates. This is a I like it when the uh, the young grasshopper goes up against the sensei. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just see Seattle's offense firing at home, and I think when you know 
when you kind of I don't know when it when it, the the twelfth man are kind of hassled and made to feel insuperior. Man, my words today are just ridiculous. <laughs> Did when I stutter? Backed into a corner and you know made to feel like they're not as good as they possibly are. It's just not a good thing. They're gonna be they're gonna be loud. They're gonna be vocal. It's mm. gonna be a completely different beast than what Denver was. Yep. Now uh, this this Seattle defense will you know they'll fire up and. You know they'll make a name for themselves. Exactly, and you saw where where Atlanta beat Denver. It was through the you know attacking those linebackers. With, oh, that with was the, another thing. Yeah, that was another thing. We said we said that the um, Philip Rivers wasn't going to be able to do that because he didn't have the weapons with McCluster and stuff like that. So we just used his tight end and yeah. just beat him that way. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, sorry, sorry, Philip. Sorry, we doubted you, and we're so sorry. Don't ever please adopt us. Um, <laughs> We have, I'm pretty sure we have a zero percent record of tipping San Diego, our team. So uh, I mentioned, yeah, we, we exactly how you beat Denver through the through the middle of the field. Atlanta did that with their running backs in Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman. You can't do that against Seattle. KJ Wright's playing sensational right now. I think he might be probably outperforming Bobby Wagner, which is crazy. But KJ Wright's having a really sneaky underrated season right now, and he's they're playing at a, at a really good level. So it's a lot tougher to do that against Seattle, who are who are a lot quicker at linebacker than than Denver. So we're, we're taking Seattle minus six and a half. Moving on, Dallas plus four on the road. Lambeau Field at $1.91. Green Bay minus four coming off a, uh, I don't know, an interesting win against New York. I feel like their offense is still underperforming. I feel like a lot of that is Mike McCarthy rather than Aaron Rodgers. It's been a lot of Aaron Rodgers heat this week about his completion percentage, but it doesn't factor in drops or depth of target and, and number of throws and all that sort of stuff, which I find a bit eh. Um, so it, it is interesting. I find the line quite high. I know it's Lambo, but like four seems a lot. I thought it'd be under a field goal. I thought it'd be two and a half to three. You don't back Aaron Rodgers in the corner. You don't. You just don't. Um, I don't know. This is a whole different thing. I know I keep I keep tipping against Dallas every week, and it's probably going to buy me once again. But I don't know. I, Rogers at Lambeau minus four. You could this game could easily blow out. So I don't know. We'll see. It's it is interesting, but I just feel like they couldn't pull away from New York last week, and I think Dallas is a much better team than New York. But I I am really interested to see this matchup because Green Bay have been absolutely stellar against the run, and that's where the Cowboys' biggest strength is. But Dallas's offensive line's actually gone to a better level despite losing Leo Collins. Ronald Leary's come in and he's been better. They've been more efficient running the ball. The holes have been bigger for for Ezekiel Elliott. So something's got to give here, like either the the Green Bay defense gets the love it deserves because I feel like it's still so underrated and not talked about enough. I think they're quietly got a, a really, really good defense and against this running attack, something's got to give. And I think whoever wins that battle will win the game. But at this point, I'd rather take Dallas's offensive line over Green Bay's run-stopping ability. So that's that's the only difference for me. And I, I know Dez is out as well or, or will most likely be an out, which hurts a little bit, but Cole Beasley's playing really well, and Jason Witten, the, the dad runner, the, the best dad runner of all time, is uh, still got it. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we've got another one different here. Uh, by the way, you've got the slight edge over me this year by one game, so there's a chance that you could pull away or I'll, I'll draw even, so we'll see how we go. Uh, all right, Indianapolis plus three on the road. This is, you know, Sunday night football, and you wonder why ratings are down. Indianapolis plus three at Houston minus three. You have the worst offensive line in football facing the worst quarterback in football. Minus three for Houston at two dollars. I don't know what to do with this game. I, I like Houston minus three. Osweiler's a completely different quarterback at home. 
And even though they've lost JJ Watt, that defensive front will, you know, if you're going to develop anything, it's going to be against Indianapolis's offensive line. So I like it. Mm. I, I can tell you this. Indianapolis will be down going into the third quarter. That's all I can say about that. Uh, I, <laughs> I I just, I don't know what to think about this. This Brock Osweiler has just been absolutely miserable. He's He's probably been the worst quarterback in the, in the NFL, and that includes Blaine Gabbert, probably. Is that too harsh? Yep. Really? Um, yep. This is Colts bias. <laughs> he hasn't been good, but it's... Okay. Um, Pro Football Reference does a, a stat that looks at... The, I don't know. It's an advanced metric in terms of evaluating how deep you throw and your efficiency and your completion percentage. And he has been like he's been one of the worst so far, one of the worst seasons of all time. He's on a list with like Brady Quinn, John Skelton, Jimmy Clawson, Derek Anderson, Jamarcus Russell, Jake Delhomme. He's just been like he's been that bad. So I'm I'm leaning towards Indy getting points. I feel like Indy are always involved in these close matches because Andrew Luck just keeps them in these games and keeps them close. And he's historically had the wood over Houston, even though they're on the road. Um, it's win-win for me though. I think for every loss that that Indy take, it's one step closer to firing Chuck Pagano. Sorry, I know I'm celebrating a man losing his job, but like, please don't feel sorry for him. The guy's got millions of dollars, and he's. He's leveraged a five-year career because Andrew Luck's his quarterback. Like, if he had anyone else, he'd be out on the street by now. All right, moving on. Yep. Uh, last game on the schedule, New York Jets, $1.91 plus seven. Arizona minus $7.91. Carson Palmer is back. Thank God we don't have to go through the Jew Stanton experience, which sounds like a really bad rock band up there with your Nickelbacks and your Creeds of the world. Uh, yeah, Arizona, I think, is going to be too strong, although I'm having a horrible time tipping Arizona this year. They've just been so up and down. It's just been tough to, to tip them. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know about this. I like seven seems a lot, especially for a team that's been performing as bad as Arizona have been. Yeah, exactly. They've, I don't know. It's it's a really, it's a really tough game. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, like he's, he's just been, like it's been the bad Ryan Fitzpatrick. Everyone talks about the Geno coaster, but the Fitzpatrick coaster is, is pretty bad as well. Like it's been so far removed since that wonderful Joe Namath like performance against Buffalo. He's just been not good since then. It's 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 really a shame. And Matt Forte looks old for the first time in a while. He looks tired and and a little bit banged up. Well, they're, they're not throwing to Forte. That it's annoying. That's like one of his biggest assets, and they're barely throwing in the ball. Mm. So I don't know. That's annoying, but. I don't know. Maybe they'll find a way to get him the ball more in his in his hands in the open space. Yep. And when was saying it... that that yeah. sorry, keep going. No, just saying that the loss of deck is going to be interesting to see how they accommodate that going forward. Yeah, I was going to say when was the last time you 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 thought of the Jets as being a sieve, like defensively, like being being a liability? I can't remember the last time the Jets sort of have been atrocious or been someone that you can just openly pass the ball on. Yeah, I mean, it was weird because last year they weren't great, but they, you know, they weren't anything to scoff at. You knew yeah. there were going to be a run-stuffing defense, and that hasn't been the case this year. And then Revis looks, you know, twice Forte's age, if you think Forte's looking old. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Revis got burned badly last week, and if, if Arizona used their speedy wide receivers like John Brown and uh, JJ Nelson, that could be really bad. Yeah. But, 
that's that's the matchup to me that I, that's why I'm leaning towards Arizona. Like those three wide receivers against this Jets secondary for me is is the breaking point. And then on the other side of the ball, you've got Patrick Peterson now. You you talked about Decker being out. You lock him down on on Brandon Marshall and say, all right, beat us with Robbie Anderson, Jalen Marshall, and and Quincy Anunwar and see how you go. All right, I'm changing. <laughs> I should have shut up. Uh, <laughs> But no, I'm just thinking. I'm it's just thinking pro- they're it's, not going to be able to cover Fitzgerald. That's what I'm. Yeah, there's no one to cover Fitz. No, and it's the perfect game for Carson Palmer to come back to and really build up his confidence because he's had a shaky start to the season. I, I don't think he's been as bad as people think, but he probably hasn't. No, been. he's been he's been as bad as you're making out. Um, Brock oh, was. please, that's ridiculous. Carson Palmer has he's on the decline and. He's not going to get Arizona anywhere. Look, he's, yeah, he's on the decline, but he's heading towards, you know, at the bottom of that decline is Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler's ceiling, sorry. That's, so that's Brock Osweiler's at his ceiling right now, which is sure, terrible. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> but it's a good game for him to come back in and, and being able to, to, to develop that deep passing game and, and work on his uh, work on his play. So that might be a little bit rocky early, but I can see them just pulling off some big chunk yardages and, and, and pulling away. All right, so that's our uh, that's our tips. It's time for our uh, lock of the week. The Wooten Y lock of the week, proudly brought to you by William Hill. Faster, easier betting. All right, Woot, what is your lock of the week? My lock of the week this week is Philadelphia minus three at a dollar ninety one against Washington. Wow, you're doubling down. That's a, that's never good. You're uh, you're going with your team. As your lock of the week. So you could be very, 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 very happy or ultra, ultra disappointment here. Mate, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Went swagging, had a shaky wheel. No Jordan Reed. Up a bit. Yeah. Easily. Wait. Easy. Yep. <laughs> minus 10. No, all right. Calm okay. down. Settle down, mate. Uh, I'm going to go Kansas City minus one here. I uh, I think that they'll uh, they'll win this game. Uh, Andy Reid's 15-2 and two off a bye. That's just incredible win percentage, and I think uh, I think they're a better team than Oakland. I think their records, Oakland's records, far better. You know, they're the anti San Diego. You know, they're four and one when they shouldn't be, and San Diego were one and four when they shouldn't have been as well. So, I'm going to lock in Kansas City here. But there's some some good games this week. Some really tough betting week. Uh, there's you know four or five games there in the middle that we covered that were. Quite tough. Um, a lot of things, factors going into it, and teams traveling across the country, which you've always got to consider. But uh, just repeating, Woody's lock of the week is Philly minus three, and mine's Kansas City minus one. All right, man, that wraps up the show. Oh yeah, it's been it's been great chatting with you, man. It's uh, it's been a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> it's, it's always a pleasure. I managed to <laughs> include the word grasshopper and sensei into it, which is always ideal. That's always a good episode. It is. It's it's it is phenomenal. Uh, we got to talk about Step Brothers and Las Vegas and Sean. So Sean again. Sean again. Shout out to Sean. <laughs> Should just call Thanks it episode one fifty. Yep. Sean again. And they're like, what? You've never had a Sean on the show. How can it be Sean again? But no, we won't do that. It's not not good. All right. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at jynfl. You can follow me at Wood, etc. You can buy Lunar Bowl tickets, please. Lunar Bowl. Just type in, uh, just go on lunarparkvenues.com and buy some Lunar Bowl tickets. If you're interested in what that is, then uh, just tweet us and we can point you in the right direction or answer any questions. And as always, you can follow the show at Wooten Why. You can listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Wooshka. You can listen on Facebook now, the Wooten Why Show. And we also are on TuneIn Radio. Peace out.